Hello everyone. Hello everyone. My name's Luke. My name's Hookie. And welcome to episode 11 of The Naked Student. So, Hookie, why did we set up The Naked Student? That's a very good question, Luke. Well, let me tell you. We want to offer a stripped-back approach to student life and to also discuss the problems that all young people face. Yeah, look, we face most of these topics and we understand it. And we want to just make it a bit more accessible for, for younger people. That's exactly right, my friend. So before we crack on, we need to plug our email. We do, we do. do so hit them up? The what email is, is thenakedstudent at cludle, K-L-O-O-D-L-E dot com. And please send, someone send an email. Just send us something. Please, <laughs> we, we've got we just want a little bit of something. Nothing. We've got an empty inbox at the moment. Uh, but it's going to get full soon, isn't it? It's going to get <laughs> We'll keep plugging it until someone sends us something. Plug, plug, plug. Uh, but today, look, we've got a very special episode. We've got our first female guest, Katie. How are you doing? Hi guys, thank you for having me on your podcast. Thank you I'm so excited. much for coming on. Uh, yeah, we've got a really good chat actually lined up today. I'm excited. We've learned a lot of new things, haven't we? We have, coming yes. Into this one. Yes, we uh, have. So, shall we outline just what we wanted to talk about with you today, Katie? Yeah, so, sounds good. Look, the aim of all of our interviews uh, is sort of to talk about the journey uh, and experiences that many of our friends have had to lead them mm. up to their current position to the present day. Uh, so, in this discussion we're going to be focusing on growing up with a with a disability with a learning disability in dyslexia dyspraxia and the other one which eludes me uh, Erlen syndrome, syndrome. Uh, got that wrong maybe 50 times just this morning so that'll be a really interesting one and we're going to talk about life at state school as well and then that transition into the russell group uni culture uh from being at a state mm. school obviously there's uh, it's, it's markedly different. And then we also want to talk about the discipline of law, which is what you've studied and what you are hoping to continue to do. Uh, and basically, yeah, how you've able to come uh, overcome all these challenges uh, and be the success that you are. Uh, so yeah. it should be a really interesting yeah. discussion. Does that sound all right? Sounds sound great. Lots to cover. Fantastic stuff. So should we get started? Should we mm-hmm. get cracking? No further ado. Okay. So, yeah, let's, let's start at the end, basically. You just finished uni uh, last year. Uh, where are you up to with your life at the moment then? So I've just completed my LPC um, and this was combined with a master's in law business and management. Um, so I completed that one with a distinction. So Amazing. Good news. That's Amazing. very good. Um, and then as all graduates have been on the job hunt um, and I have got a training contract secured for September 2021 Okay, in London. so you're just chilling at the moment? Yeah, just two taking years. it easy, relaxing. Existential <laughs> crises every hard. day. Yeah, I Yeah, that. not quite sure what I'm doing with my life. Um, we'll figure at, it out. You're looking at the wrong people right now. <laughs> but that is so impressive just to get a that training is, contract because yeah. having spoken to Tom in what would have been the third episode, you know, yeah. he's, he's told mm-hmm. us uh, how much of a struggle that is. So yeah. just to get that lined up, even if it may be two years in the future, is still yeah. so impressive. Got so much to look forward to. I like that. But yeah, so law at uni. You know, I'm always so impressed when people say they do law at uni. Yeah. Was that was that difficult? Was that quite stressful doing law or? Um, so the LLB, which was what I did at uni, and the LPC are very, very different. Um, but both of them have a lot in common in the fact of a sheer volume of work mm-hmm. um, and the need to kind of learn facts, cases, mm. etc. Um, obviously, law is a degree that it's kind of a bit archaic has lots of in- intricacies um so yeah it's quite a difficult um degree to study yeah. um even more difficult 
with disabilities. 100%. Yeah. yeah, I was speaking to someone in second year at Bristol and they said they had about 130 case studies yeah. to learn for the, like one of their exams. Yeah. That's a ridiculous That's amount. stuff. I mean, it blows history out of the water. I had really. one exam. <laughs> That's it, yeah. Geography for you, everyone. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, look, so you just touched upon disabilities, right? Mm-hmm. So let's just move the conversation towards that then. So, you know, on top of law being stressful in itself... You, you know, you, you suffer from uh, dyslexia or, or having to deal with dyslexia, dyspraxia and Erlen syndrome as well. Yeah. Uh, so I was hoping maybe you could just talk about the difficulties that you faced at uni and at school uh, whilst managing those. Yeah, so obviously um, it has been challenging um, because of processing speed and um, how I work and how my brain works. Um, but I was thinking before we get into how I have struggled with my disabilities i was wondering what you're like you guys mm. think of what is dyslexia to you and that's what a, do that's you a great understand? question, a great that's question. A great i question. you see when i was at school i was very unaware of what it is and i still am now i feel i'm a bit obnoxious to it mm-hmm. so i think it's something to do with reading writing slow slow the pace of it i, yeah. I just don't I know mean, for me personally i always thought it was just reading when I was growing up, I didn't yeah. realise that there was an issue with, with writing, which is, which which I found out sort of from reading about it. But initially, mm-hmm. yeah, I thought it was just reading. I thought the, the words sort of just flew around the page a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's, yeah, I, I, I don't think I took it as seriously as I should have done. And I'll hold my hands up. I think a lot I, of people I do agree that. with you, yeah. But it's quite a serious thing because it, is, yeah. Yeah. it affects one in ten people in the UK. It does, yeah. So that's just over six million people. Yeah, and which is a frightening. So I'm really. just, I admit I'm very obnoxious. and Yeah, well, you know, can you shine some light on your personal experiences then? Yeah, so obviously I don't want to give a, a blanket approach. Everyone's disabilities affect them in a different way. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I actually dug out for you my most recent dyslexia report um, oh, yeah. and my disability assessment. Uh-huh. Um, so basically for me, what came through in the report is that although I have um, an intellectual underlying intellectual ability that's extremely high for me the spelling um, and reading efficiency is far below what's expected for my intellectual ability okay. um, and this comes through slow information processing and uh, phonological processing phonological phonological that's a great word and so that's what my dyslexia is all about kind of just taking a bit longer to do what it would take you guys to do mm. um dyspraxia for me is kind of the moto it's moto coordination yeah. so it's like um everyone sees it as like catching a ball but for me it mainly affects kind of spatial awareness mm. um spinning things I, I think i told you guys a story earlier where I have no real spatial awareness to the point where in March I walked into a wall and broke my nose. <laughs> and we shouldn't laugh at that, but it is hilarious. <laughs> that is funny. But the fact you're laughing at it is Yeah, it's, it's so just okay. a bit ridiculous. I just think it's interesting, sorry, just with the dyspraxia thing. So when I was growing up, again, this is obnoxious is a great word, Ross. So playing sport, if someone said they had dyspraxia at school, I'd just be like, well, that's just an excuse of being a bit rubbish mm. at sport. Mm. But you realise that it's not in any way an yeah. excuse is it it's an actual issue that you properly have to manage yeah, yeah. that's what you're trying to say yeah. well it's it with sport as well it is i think you're not a natural sports person if you're dyspraxic you can yeah. still be good at sport yeah. it depends how much you well, care so you say like you are yeah you're like saying with your hockey yeah 
that you had to train a lot, didn't you? Yeah. And repeat certain drills. Yeah, so you learn kind of different coping mechanisms depending mm. on yeah what works for you because you have this challenge, you have to find a way around it. And for me, whether that was with dyslexia or dyspraxia, so whether it was in exams or a sporting situation, repetition and keep training, keep practicing and going over things again and again is the way that I managed to get over them. And did you have that, sorry, with horse riding as well, you're an avid horse yeah. rider. Did, was, did, did, did dyspraxia uh, affect that in any way as well? or? Um, I think because I've ridden for so long, mm-hmm. I don't actually know whether it has or not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in some respects, it's not kind of, when you're working with a horse, you're working with an animal and they kind of learn what's different about you where if you're working with a ball you can't tell a ball what to do Um, so it is a little bit different in the sport but yeah definitely um had to work on making sure that the coordination element and timing was really Mm. key i'll I'll tell you just i just want to drop this sick fact that i found so dyspraxia is three to four times more common in boys than girls. Is it? Which mm. is quite interesting, isn't okay. it? I just thought I have to drop that yeah. fact in because it's the only yeah. one that I found. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, well, I just, you don't realise how much it affects you because if you, this is what I was trying to think about last night, so with dyslexia, dyspraxia and illness syndrome, because I don't personally suffer with it, I will never really understand it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where yeah. it's so interesting to learn about it more and more if it affects I, I think it's something that's not discussed no, it's not. enough. Not especially, personally... especially in school. Yeah, well, especially because yeah. you're like, oh, you've got dyslexia and that's the end of that. I never yeah. have, have had a discussion with anyone yeah. about it. And I don't think it's something that people want to necessarily... Well, yeah. I'm happy to, to yeah. discuss it. But, um, yeah, I think it's something that if you raise it in a conversation, you do, people do have these prejudgments mm. and yeah. that it is. So. I'm sure we'll talk about that just yeah, in a little bit on. as well. But I also uh, just want to say, so... You told us this example before of the dyslexia affecting you at uni mm-hmm. with some of your essays. Yeah. Uh, I was wondering if you could shine a bit of light on that as well. So I think the best kind of way of describing how... It's a really good example of how it has affected me. So in my third year of university, um, I did a unit called Sex, Gender and Law, which is a great unit. Um, and I love this unit and was expecting to get a really good mark in this essay um i got the essay back got a 58 in it still a sore point today <laughs> don't but... worry i got loads of 58s <laughs> that, that was don't. my average mark i'd say <laughs> to be honest. so there's the differences there's the differences, there's right differences there. yeah. um yeah so i was absolutely distraught i thought i'd smash this essay mm. um and read through the comments and the only comments which my tutor had given me back were based on three grammatical mistakes and I had used um, the word consequentially rather than consequently in my essay which for me I look at the two words and they pretty much look the same and I feel like they mean pretty similar things um so I went to see her I was pretty distraught Um, and yeah so she basically said that the essay was a 60, but at Bristol Law School, they only give 58s or 62s. So she would give me a 58. And I said, well, what can I do better in future? Mm. And she said, well, look at my comments. And I looked at the comments and I said, well, all you've pulled up is my grammar and this one spelling mistake. Um, And she went, 
yeah they're my comments so i went to see the head of the law school yeah Yeah, obviously if anyone knows me and knows i don't really deal with that sort of thing very (laughs) well um so i went to see the head of the law school because i felt honestly hurt that i was not getting even though it was only four marks more because of my disability Mm, um and they basically discussed whether they could put in for extenuating circumstances but that would mean that i'd have to write the whole essay again there was no guarantee that i would get a higher mark and they were pretty unsupportive with it all to be honest i was going to say because this from point of view being at bristol uni as well Mm -hmm. were they good at dealing with these kind of things so extenuating circumstances just wondering um so the guy who was in charge of it for the law school, I actually became really kind of not like good friends, but went to him quite a lot when he was very helpful. Yeah. Um, but they were, uh, I didn't realise how bad Bristol were with disabilities until I did my LPC at University of Law. Okay. And they were so much better and there's right. a lot to be improved. But Bristol's one of those places, if you don't ask, you don't get. And yeah, I you have didn't, to make it a part yeah, And I didn't ask for the support. Okay. I think that's, you know, a really interesting yeah. topic to touch upon. Mm. And also just, you know, having this discussion, like, you know, we're learning so much about how difficult yeah. dyslexia is, mm. which is amazing because at uni I know a few of my friends uh, had to deal with it and just hearing this you know having uh, the uni not necessarily fully supporting you can Mm -hmm. never help yeah Um, so thank you for shining light on that's great and look I just want to touch upon the the third uh, disability that you said you have so that's Erlen syndrome yeah Uh, I got it right that's time (laughs) Uh, so I I guess the question I've never personally heard of it myself before Mm -hmm. we we, we started reading for this pod Uh, so how does that differ to having dyslexia sorry just saying so dyslexia is about processing kind of thoughts like reasoning etc and how you kind of process yeah information whereas Erlen syndrome is about processing visual information so it's a bit more specific but Mm -hmm. that affects people in different ways so for me um if i look at a page a white page with black lettering on it um I will see patterns in the page and in the letters, so between the spacing of the words, before I will see the information or be able to read it. Okay. Um, and also, if I look too long um, yeah. at a piece of paper, I'll start to see the words mm. moving and kind of yeah. spinning and stuff. So, is that what your funky glasses are for? Yeah, I have a really, really yeah, cool pair of glasses. They're, they're great. We're looking they're at them great. right now. They're Pretty, pretty cool, I'd say. Yeah, so they're like um, Elton John sort of rose-tinted. Yeah. yeah, a bit John Lennon-ish. You could expect to see them on someone at a festival. Oh, yeah, <laughs> World in Bristol, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah, maybe I'll wear them at the weekend. What were you saying, um, saying yesterday about in a geography exam? Oh, yeah, the, so... Yeah. Was it V-shaped valley? Was this when you, this was when you were first properly diagnosed, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was quite... Most people are diagnosed with dyslexia or dyspraxia yeah, when they're quite young. Yeah. Um, so for me, I wasn't diagnosed till the end of my AS exams. So what, Blimey. 17? So with, has quite that late, affected yeah. your GCSEs? Yeah, I think it, it will. Obviously, it would have done. Sense, yeah. um, but norm, what happens is the more intelligent you are the better you are at finding coping mechanisms okay yourself yeah um so basically when i was diagnosed it was because i got 
freebies in a seat at AS, which my school were kind of horrified with. I was supposed to be kind of right, okay. the next kid to go Prodigy. to Oxbridge. Okay. And, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was the one that they used yeah. for kind of all that kind of like... Respect to Yeah. yeah <laughs> um, so I basically, yeah, so they got all my papers back and um, they, I didn't finish any of my AS papers. Mm. Okay. Um, and the one that stood out the most, you mentioned the geography exam. Yeah. So they got my geography paper back and it was the most ridiculous thing um, where I had read the question as explain the formation of a U-shaped glaciated valley. Would you want me to answer that? (laughs) (laughs) Geography life. And I'd actually explain the formation of a V-shaped valley. They are two different units. One was glaciation, one was rivers. Yeah. But in my head, I'd just kind of seen it and wrote the answer. And that was a 10-mark question. I think I got zero. (laughs) I mean... See, it's a big impact. It could be worse, but... Yeah. (laughs) It really can. That's interesting because at school... The thing we're going to talk about this now is the stigma behind dyslexia. Yeah, and massively so. I mean, we've touched upon it, haven't we? But yeah. I think it's important to say that it is trivialised as such. You know, I mentioned it with dyspraxia, but more specifically with mm. dyslexia itself, I think we just it's just not yeah. taken as seriously as it should. And I think this this ties in with anything that you can't see physically. Mm-hmm. There's mm. always going to be some judgment. So it's like the mental anxiety, health. mental yeah. health, it should be in the same bracket I would yeah. say in terms of it's hard when you're younger if you're not taught about it and you can't yeah. see it yeah. how can you be how can you empathise yeah. with it so, I mean at school this was primary school to be fair but the people who tended to have dyslexia would have writing slopes yeah do you remember them Did yeah you, yeah Yeah. so that was how we kind of oh he must have yeah. dyslexia and then obviously went on so yeah that is interesting you said about um, your friend Alex yeah that's quite interesting. Yeah, so yeah. I um the sticker for me, I didn't really I was obviously diagnosed late on, so I didn't get it, but obviously at school, um and hope hope no one takes offence to this, people would call when I went to exams into a different room, the retard room. Mm. And for me that stigma was kind of normalised and I was called that name. Yeah. Not like maliciously, it was in a no. jokey way. Yeah. Um and it was only when I went to uni and I had a really good friend who we both know um, and I referred to the room that we were in at university as the retard room and he was horrified Mm. that I'd said that. Yeah, that was over message, wasn't it? Yeah. And that was just because it was normalised at school for you. Yeah, for me, I was like, oh, yeah. So do you think he didn't experience that? I don't know, I'm sure... Maybe. I haven't spoken to him about it. Maybe it was just he he went Cuts to a more... Yeah. He didn't experience that level yeah. or, or wasn't... There I can was imagine a, him yeah. being shocked, to be fair. Yeah. Can, can I just say, so you were diagnosed quite late on when you were yeah. 17. So growing up before that, mm-hmm. how did you feel? Did you feel... Did you ever say, like, hey, I've got a problem here? Or was that ever flagged up? Did you ever flag that up? Or was it just left alone? Um, I think it's really weird. I'm sure my sister won't mind me saying this. My sister's also dyslexic, but she is, I'd say, more obviously dyslexic. Okay. Um, it's like in what in what sense? Does as it in, like, like um, struggled a lot more. She, she learnt to read later on, okay, etc. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think because of that, it actually made me less obvious because. Yeah. When she was learning to read, etc., my mum, I learned to read at a really young age because mm. I was learning at the same time as okay. her. Um, 
there was never a point where I was like sometimes I was would be like why is everyone else finished exams and I haven't I never have left an exam early in my mm. life etc um but yeah I th- it was weird but yeah. it didn't click until I got the diagnosis so yeah. I think something really lovely that Richard Branson says that I read um obviously he dropped out of school at 16 and he suffered with dyslexia mm-hmm. and so did you know Steve Jobs Einstein uh, Henry Ford for example but he says that dyslexia is treated as something to fix yeah rather than something that is actually great in itself yeah so i think that's quite that's a great, powerful yeah. that is that is this is a different way of thinking yeah. isn't it and completely agree with you problem yeah. solving and there's different ways to look at different things and that has its yeah. disadvantages but advantages at the same time so you could maybe problem fix something that we didn't see yeah i think that the best way to look at it is what how you would think about something in your thought process will be completely different from yeah. mine. yeah yeah and that's good if you've got two people working in a team and they have two completely yeah, you can different thought processes. Work together, can't you? Yeah, in that sense so of... you've got to look at the advantages of these things. Yeah, hundred percent. Just before we bring it on to the connecting to, to the school side of it, yeah. I know we've touched on it. I just want to break up this chat ever so slightly, <laughs> just so it's not you know half an hour. Yeah, of course, I agree. I agree. With our very popular segment, <laughs> have a lot of is, feedback for this. Yeah, which I, I... is. Pointless fact of the day. Don't worry, Charles, we'll be getting rid of that singing very soon. Uh, So, Katie, uh, we got our guest to give us a pointless fact. Do you have one for us? I'm really nervous for this because James Samardi's a great child. Well, he got his wrong, actually. No, he (laughs) He said it was, yeah, how many vendors? Seven, and it was actually 23. But he corrected, yeah. himself. he corrected himself. Oh, right, but it was okay. a great fact. It was a great fact. So is it is it a funny one or is it a no, serious? No, no, oh, mine's mine's a little bit serious. Okay. So well, as I'm your first female guest, um, I thought I'd bring up a fact about Marie Curie. And Beautiful. obviously she died in 1934. Mm-hmm. Um, however, her belongings are still radioactive to this day. Obviously, she died of. Uh, Poison, radioactive yeah, poisoning. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And if you want to see them, you have to wear a protective suit and sign lots of disclaimer forms really? in the museum in Paris to see them. Because I think still... I might have seen them, you know. Oh, you've got a radio, no, radioactive no, rock. That would explain a lot. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have it too. Yeah, no, okay. that, was a, that was a really good one. I, really, yeah. I, really, I did not know that. Thank you for sharing. That is a, well done. So that is two. I like the way you delivered it as well. That is two really good. <laughs> so whoever's on next, get thinking now. Can I, can I ask who's who's the lady? Marie Curie. Who's Marie yeah. Curie? Are you who, joking? Oh. Well, no, please She's the first the woman to bring that... win a Nobel Peace Prize. Oh, of course, right? Yeah. She's always on like quiz shows and stuff. Oh yeah. Do you, are yeah, you winding yeah, yeah. yourself? <laughs> in, like, in case she... other people don't know. Okay. Anyway, this is irrelevant. Let's yeah. move on. So that concludes. Pointless fact of the day. We've also discovered Ross is an idiot. There we go. We're <laughs> <the> pointless. <laughs> so, right, let's get back to, to what we were talking about. So we've, we've spoken a lot about disability, and I think it's been a really you know, interesting convo to highlight all of that. But we've also touched on school uh, a little mm-hmm. bit with that, and I think we want to talk about going to a state school because me and Ross went to private school, so we don't want to try and pretend that we know mm. what it's like coming from a, another position. And... I wanted to say or, or explore if you thought that was a little bit of, of an obstacle in a sense, mm-hmm. uh, especially when you were assimilating into a new uni culture at, uni, uh, at Bristol, which is notoriously quite, I want to say the word posh. Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's that So I just thought, could we explore that a little bit? Um, 
if, yeah. if possible. I, I just want to point out to begin with that I was quite fortunate that my catchment area for my state school meant that I went to an extremely good state it's school. It's a great it state school. It's great, yeah. Um, really great state yeah. So my experience might be a bit different to other people. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think at state school the difference is, for me personally, if you're intelligent and want to succeed you're going to get more help rather than them yeah. focusing on the people who okay. are less, like, they don't try and drag the people who don't want to do it up. You kind of yeah. focus, because you stand out more if you want to succeed and want help. Mm. Um, I don't know really the difference with private schools. Obviously, I went to state school all my life. Um, but, yeah, I think it's interesting because we talk about Bristol and how I was an odd one out, but at school... I was somewhat bullied for being the posh one and being the odd one out at a state school right, because I okay. had horses. Because you have horses. Yeah, yeah, so I was called so Pony Girl. Okay. <laughs> pony Girl. Nice. Pony Girl. Catch um, it. Like, it's better than my nickname. <laughs> the Northern Powerhouse. Yeah. <laughs> plug, plug. Um, sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's just not going to stick. Sorry, carry on. Um, and then, obviously, went to Bristol thinking that I'd always kind of been like more of the posh mm, one yeah. and then I was in Churchill which is one of the poshest it's called halls. Churchill yeah I mean, that in itself is it's one well, of the poshest I, halls even I found that and obviously I, I went to private school and going to Bristol I felt yeah different in a way and I think it's interesting because we've spoken about this a bit in a previous pod uh, about the yeah. North South divide mm. yeah so I think it's interesting with your example of, of, of going to a state school, having a, a slightly northern accent yeah. and having a disability. It's almost like, you know, on an intersectional basis, there yeah. was some yeah. form of persecution. <laughs> Not overt persecution, but just a challenge in yeah. a way. Yeah. Um, so that's why, yeah, it's so interesting because Edinburgh, which is where I went, is very similar to Bristol. And yeah. I also struggled mm. with that. But then, you know, I... And I, I say this, I didn't know that many people who went to state school, uh, mm-hmm. anyway, which is quite, I think it's quite sad in many ways. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was the only one in my friendship group that went to a state school. Yeah, yeah. which is not something that you consciously think about until until you think about it's it. Yeah. Until so you discuss yeah, it and it's pointed sad. out. But I just wanted you to, to discuss the, the example of what is now, who is now your best friend, Gabby. Yeah. Could you tell us that? Because uh, that is... Quite funny yeah, to so quite obviously, poignant. when your first few days at university uh, in halls, and we were sat at breakfast, um, and I met this lovely girl called Gabby, who is actually a friend to all of us around this table now. A lovely girl, um, yes. And she better listen to this now. Um, <laughs> and basically um was talking to her and she just kind of didn't really engage in the conversation i honestly thought she didn't like me so she like, was like deaf or something yeah as it just didn't really kind of yeah just not really engaging i'd say something and she'd say something quite weird mm. after and i was like well, yeah. she obviously doesn't want to be friends didn't with me yeah. yeah and so went to like saw her at drinks and pre's and stuff um and then about a week later, she fessed up and she said, I'm so sorry um, we weren't kind of friends quicker. Um, I genuinely couldn't understand a word you were saying. That's <laughs> so funny. And she just couldn't understand the Northern accent yeah. to the point where she thought that I was referring to from Ben yeah. as Matt or Josh or something. Are you saying Ben? 
I was, yeah, and she was just wow, like, she got just... his name like completely the, wrong. The funny thing is now, it's quite ironic, is now she's going out with one of our well, close mates. Yeah. Actually, yeah. He came on the podcast, <laughs> Tom, and he's yeah. from North Manchester, yeah. which yeah. is even stronger than our accent. So oh, it was, ironic. yeah, it's a weird one. It's a nice story, though. It's... Yeah, and she's told that story at my 21st and stuff, and it's funny, and it's something we laugh at. But I just did, just bringing it back ever so slightly, did anyone ever comment? on the fact that you went to state school ever or was it never really brought up? Um, as in, I mean, I... Yes. It, the whole chat of what school did you go to? Mm. Um, did you tell people or did you... I just was like, well, you won't know... Won't know the school. Yeah, would you be quite, Would school. you be proud of it? Or To begin with, I felt like I had to justify it, being okay. like, but it's a really good state school and yeah. Yeah. if I wanted to, I could have gone to a private school, which is not true. But mm. I used to always be like, oh, well, I chose to go there because it was actually better than the private yeah. schools, which yeah, yeah. I like would lie about it okay. um, to try and kind of justify why. So that's a shame. Yeah. It? But it's completely natural. I mean, but I, that, yeah, I, I do that as well with, with Manchester yeah. Grammar. And Manchester Grammar is, you know... A, a, fairly prestigious school but I sometimes had to like big it up in some way yeah. to, to people it's like I think we've already mentioned there. this story about your mate or this girl that you met yeah saying where is it well, you know where is it yeah yeah, yeah. she was like oh where, where is Manchester grammar I'm like well the clue is very much is it in the, the name, name. Yeah. it's interesting but at the same time so like from the private school perspective I think we were we were spoon fed and that's why I'm I'm interested in having your perspective yeah 100% on the way to uni as well because do you ever feel like maybe you had to work harder in, in equivalently to some of the people at, at private school who who might have been spoon fed I don't know um yes I I kind of was like envious that people kind of had like teachers that obviously my teachers cared but teachers who if you didn't do your work etc would kind of come follow, down follow on you, you yeah. where for me obviously I was a little bit of a nerd where I'd be like okay I'm doing all the work yeah. etc yeah. um and that's why I did succeed but then they wouldn't care if people hadn't done the work etc like I so it's yeah. what you put in you kind of get yeah. out in that respect there's no one to shepherd you yeah or spoon feed and if you, you, if you go off the rails at like not like yeah. off the rails but like I went for a stage where I kind of lost motivation okay during my ASs mm. for a little bit and no one really cared they yeah. were like oh right well just hand me your work when you can then yeah. and it was kind of where you, I feel like they would have probably intervened a lot yeah. more did you find yourself ever having to do more in that in the sense of did you think you had to do more in in the sense of your UCAS applications um, or your personal statement? No, I statement? mean, not in the sense of UCAS. Um, I was quite fortunate that I was kind of one of these Oxbridge students, so they did help, but I yeah. did have to have extra tutoring in quite a lot of subjects. Right, okay. Um, and that was, that was just specifically because there weren't that many people at the school going for, for Oxbridge or...? Oh, yeah, there were, so, was only five of us who were kind of, five, like, okay, yeah, yeah. earmarked to do... Where I'd, there must have been loads at your school. Uh, there were, yeah, there 30, were quite a lot. 30, 30, yeah, about Yeah, so there I was think, about five is, of us who okay. were yeah, kind yeah. of Oxbridge candidates. Yeah, of course. Interesting. Well, that, I mean, yeah, the only reason why I'm asking you this is just because, like, I don't know it that well. Neither and do I. Does well, so we don't want to explain it or have opinions on our where terms, we don't know on our yeah. terms. That's yeah. why it's so great having people on who have experienced it. Cause experience we realise is... that we haven't experienced it. We're not yeah, being it. uppity about no, it. We don't want to attempt to no, describe. And that's why these interviews are so enlightening. Yeah. And um, I just want to, yeah, move it on again to 
Yeah, but just bringing it back to the present day, look, mm-hmm. like success that you've achieved. You, you've gone through all of the stuff that we've spoken about, which is so impressive, honestly. And I just want to know: Do you still struggle with these issues, or you know, have you found a way to overcome them or, or manage them? Yeah, so I do. I it's not something that's going to go away. You don't cure dyslexia or dyspraxia, etc. No. There is management. We've already mentioned my funky glasses. They help me so much. Um, help me to read. Help me process better. Yeah. Um, be able to work for longer. Um, and I, I guess, I've managed the way of which I I've got my coping mechanisms for doing things like writing emails and stuff like that. Checking yeah. that yeah. and knowing. Yeah, I, I guess my whole intellectual ability is expanded so I know when I'm spelling things right or if I'm using grammar wrong. Mm. Um, but I think it's something I'll always be conscious of. I'll always be conscious of what I'm saying, um, whether I'm using the right words. Um, and I do get embarrassed if I get things wrong. Um, if I pronounce things wrong or I say kind of... Uh, the other day I was singing a song and got the lyrics wrong and someone pointed them out and it was because I generally learnt them wrong in my head yeah, okay, yeah. and get kind of embarrassed by that um, okay. and if someone calls you out on what you say or do that's it is really embarrassing because I genuinely believe what I'm saying is right yeah. um, and that can then lead to some like form of anxiety mm. of like worrying whether I'm going to be okay in a social situation sometimes. Yeah. I was just going to, so just touching on anxiety, I know we mm-hmm. spoke briefly yesterday with uh, getting a job now and you touched on uh, imposter syndrome yeah. that you have suffered from occasionally. Yeah. I was wondering if you could just shine a little bit of light uh, on that just quickly for us. Yeah. yeah, so because of my disabilities and what I've been through, I do tend to question whether... I am good enough, whether I'm good enough to be a lawyer, whether I've got the intellectual ability, um, whether I'm capable of doing the things that I am going to have to do in the future. Yeah. Um, and that, that can be really hard because of being judged and not knowing whether, yeah, you're, you're good enough, really. Yeah. And for me, I've always not quite been good enough, as in mm. just quite, like, not quite made... 58 for example with the thing you, yeah. you're quite you're always I've always been near the boundary I've always been yeah. kind of just about there yeah um and so I am worried that like it is something that comes to me where I'm like have I fluked this yeah should but with my disability should I be a lawyer should I have got the grades that yeah. I've got I, I think you should believe in yourself and you've worked so hard for this yeah. And you should completely back yourself. But it's completely you got this natural. Far, yeah. completely There's a reason why you're in the position you are, you know, graduated, done the law stuff. Yeah. And now you're starting a job. This is all because of your hard work. Yeah, and, and I, I think, think it is hard because, I, I mean... I just want you to realise how well you've done. And I'm yeah. very proud of you personally. Oh, this is, this is really like therapy now. <laughs> no, it is, in a, it is in a sense. No, it's so true though. You know, it makes a fair, like I, a fair I, point. I was unaware of a lot of these things mm-hmm. to do with you for example so when i'd see you in the library i'd bump into you'd have a quick chat i'd crack on my work and i wouldn't think about how commas. but um <laughs> i think it's important because you see a lot of people in the library for example mm-hmm. and you don't know what their backstories are in mm-hmm. a sense so i think a lot of people struggle with different things i think we want to make this clear that you need to be aware of you know certain people go through hardships in a sense yeah. or have to work harder than others and it's important to realise that you know you're not the only one 
there's always people who understand and care. Yeah. In a sense, so I think highlighting that everyone suffers difficulties is so important, especially things you can't see, which I said at the start, you know, dyslexia. Mm. It's something that I've never thought about enough until we've had this conversation, which, Mm. you know, sort of pains me to say that I'm 22 and I I haven't properly uh, read into it or understood it enough. And I'm sure a lot of people will think that as well. But yeah, yeah, I just, if anyone's going to take something properly away is, is being aware that everyone faces difficulties at some Mm. point Mm -hmm. and there's always someone who will understand your plight so if someone's listened to this with dyslexia you've heard katie's achieved so much and had these challenges to face Mm -hmm. uh which is fantastic so you know even if they got in touch with you to be able to say look i suffer Mm. from this i don't know what to do um this is what we're trying to say there's always someone who understands yeah what you what, what what's going on in your life yeah whatever that may be and yeah i mean this discussion's mm. been so so enlightening. I think, I think, I think yeah. anything is possible, and you can't be told what you can and can't do, and don't let it stop you. And that's basically mm. what you've what, what you've shown you us. Can achieve because yeah. you can achieve anything if you. Yeah, definitely. And just to bring back to being what achieve what you can and can't. I remember after my AS results, my head of sixth form said to me, "I don't think it's yeah. laws the right path for I, you yeah. to do with dyslexia. Yeah. With dyslexia, there's a lot of reading." And I wanted to do law, and I went and did it. Did that determine? Did that yeah. give you a bit of determination? It, just because you're slower at something, or just because it's going to take you a different path or longer, don't give up. Like, yeah, no. I've got where I've got my dream job because I haven't given yeah. up of it. I think amazing. Being yeah, told what honestly. you can and can't do is a big thing. Mm. Um, but I just, I think we just really appreciate you being so candid about all of this and yeah. just shining light on it. Because yeah, uh, as you said, what was the start? One in ten people. One suffer. in ten, just over six million people in the UK. Yeah. So that's, that's a big issue, especially yeah. with dyslexia. That was, mm. and then mm. to have you know dyspraxia on top of that. <laughs> so I'm 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 disease, I've, syndrome. I've, I've learned a lot today. Yeah, honestly, Genuinely thank you. And, and, um, I'm here to educate. Yeah, exactly, amazing. Yeah. And, and yeah, to finish it off today, we have brought in a new kind of zany irreverent section we can say <laughs> it's a little excited. bit trivial uh so it today is. it is fish of the day not motivational quote of the day fish of the day fish of the day with mushy peas and tartar sauce so <laughs> basically we're gonna go around and choose a fish that we've found that we for some reason think is fish of the day it could be because it's funny <laughs> could be because it symbolizes something yeah. um but Let's start with our guest. What's your fish Ooh, of the day? I didn't realise I was going first. Well, I can, I'm, go I, first? I'm happy for Ross to go first. I'll well. go first, okay. <laughs> as long so as it's not me. I'll, I'll, show you, I'll show you a picture of it first. I didn't want to get the same one as anyone else, but this is called the pointed sawfish. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that is very so cool, yeah. Essentially, it looks as though it's got a chainsaw on its nose. <laughs> um, and it's blade-like rostrum bearing 18 to 22 pairs of lateral teeth. No wow. big deal, apparently. So the saw is covered in tiny ampullary pores, which allow the sawfish to pick up electrical fields produced by fish and other prey. And once located, that saw becomes a long sword used to stun and impale their targets. I didn't realise we were having fish lessons as well. <laughs> Thanks uh, for that, Rob. Well, it was between that and the rainbow fish, because I think the rainbow fish is a lovely story where he shares his scales, shiny scales, doesn't he, to the school of fish. Have you read that? It's a child. God, you're a fish expert. Have you read it? I d- no. I didn't okay, know well, he shares a scale so, until everyone has one and it's like a oh, sharing. But I read online it's a, it's a kind of forced sharing, so I thought that wouldn't be too good. No, well, thank so you for sharing. Scary, so, yeah. so there's my fish so, over there. So it was the 
pointed, pointed swordfish. It was going to be the mackerel because that's the first fish I ever caught. Well, that's three. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop getting one fish. Please right, stop. You go. The pointed swordfish. Would you like me to go? Yeah, now? you can go. So I'm going to keep it really short after that. Um, so mine is called the mola mola fish, which you've probably seen. It's called the ocean sunfish. Uh, so it weighs between 247 and 1,000 kilograms. Wow. Uh, so the reason I chose this is I saw this when I went to the Maldives, actually, just plugging that when <laughs> I was a kid. Um, and they're just like, look it up, a mola mola fish. They are crazy. Wait, how heavy are they? They're 247 to 1,000 kilograms. So it's, just, just, just heavier huge. than you. <laughs> <laughs> but they are like magnificently weird fish. They're so hard. I can't describe it. You have to look it up. A, a mola mola fish. So. I feel like we're talking more about time. fish. No, yeah. <laughs> and I don't, want this to, I don't want this to detract from the, the conversation we've had. So um, I'll take mine to more, more of a serious fish. I have chosen the Asian sheep's head Roshi. Um, and this is a fish that can switch genders. Oh, I've heard about this one. Um, so it can, whenever it chooses, it can be male or female. That's amazing. Um, which is really cool. And, that is amazing. Um, definitely uh, gender, and that should come up on your podcast soon. I think that yeah, is, I think I think that a, is a, a topic that is in the pipeline, definitely. <laughs> Especially uh, looking at our audience at the moment <laughs> yeah uh but look right let's round this up because we've spoken about fish for about three minutes now. <laughs> um thank you so much for coming on yeah this no, it's been my pleasure. so interesting we're learning every, you know new things every time um and if you ever want to come on again in the future please let us yeah. know because you've been a fantastic guest yeah. i'd love to come on you know how massive fans of your podcast guys fantastic all right well we'll see you next time guys we've got another interview lined up uh with our friend Liv, uh where we're going to talk all things languages the importance of languages uh and getting into radio as well um remember the naked student at cluedal.com uh and yeah we'll uh we'll be tuning in again soon guys bye